You're listening to a DM podcast. We get a lot of pitches. We're probably pitched two to three times a week um, because we have a really interesting market and there are a lot of services that would like to um, obviously get access and bring some of their learnings to that market. And then for us, yeah, it, it's we've, we've probably not done a great job just yet pitching to people that we would like to come on the show. We tend to work around making great connections with people and working from there. But there are plenty of others that are on the big ticket list for next year that we'll be hunting down. G'day and welcome to Behind the Podcast with Jules and Stocks. I'm Jules and today Stocks and I went behind the podcast with Woz and Coxie from Tradies and Business. Tradies and Business has recently been nominated for Best Business Podcast at this year's Australian Podcast Awards, but it's been a great little exercise for them in, in terms of profile building and, and building out the business that, that they have away from podcasting, which is all about business coaching in the trade world. Stocks, what do you think? Yeah, it was fun. It wasn't what I expected when we walked into it and started listening to it just because the name kind of undersells what this podcast is about, very much for small business and entrepreneurs, and it is a good advertisement for their business, which is business mentoring, which was um, very interesting to see. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. And just covering the whole gamut of, of the trade world as well. I mean, I, I know that I was just kind of thinking it was going to be dudes with hammers and nails and, you know, bantering about the trade site, but it was actually a whole lot more really useful business knowledge, really interesting interviews from a range of people in that industry and beyond. Um, but yeah, really enjoyable and good chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, I mean, really showcasing your soft hands and... Uh... <laughs> the softest of hands. <laughs> Lack of uh, there's a reason we're, there's a reason we're sitting behind the microphones right now, stocks. <laughs> <laughs> no, really enjoyed it. Um, a great chemistry as well. That was pretty fun actually, just to hear their chemistry. So really enjoyed it. Totally. All right. Well, let's get right into it. Was and Coxie, tell us all about the show. Our podcast kicked off when I decided that I was working with a lot of trade business owners um, and. We don't talk about this much. It's kind of like uh, Faulty Towers and don't mention the war. But um, I did have a different co-host many years ago uh, when <laughs> Tradies in Business kicked off <laughs> seven years ago. Uh, we just we actually just celebrated our seventh birthday about a week ago as we record this. So congratulations! Um, yeah, so two hundred and forty-nine odd episodes. 520 something I think we're up to. I was way off. In wow. total, yeah. <laughs> so a couple of seasons uh, have rolled by, but. Uh, yeah, it was just the realization that I had been working with and talking to a lot of tradespeople uh, because of my background, uh, sort of working with building companies um, and in the building industry, uh, not as a tradesperson, but uh, more coming at it from the business side, you know, business and financial planning side of things and sales management and that sort of stuff. So um, got into business coaching and thought, I want to help more people than those that could just afford to actually work with me. Um, and so podcasting in Australia was seven years ago was uh, kind of in its infancy in some regard. It was pretty cool to have a podcast seven years ago. Now you're an idiot if you don't have one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, decided to kick one off and give it a go. I launched with five episodes, thought I'd see what happened. And here we are 500 plus episodes later and uh, the best co-host in the world and uh, sending our, our content out to people all across Australia and New Zealand, funnily enough, <laughs> um, and got some listeners who actually go and listen back to every single one of our 500-plus episodes when they find us. I think we should mint some medals to hand out to them, Nicole. 
Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, that seems like a good time to introduce Nicole as well, or, or Coxie. Can we say that? <laughs> yeah, you can call me Coxie. Uh, look, I joined Warwick about, it's almost four years ago now, I joined Warwick on the podcast. Um, we had a bit of a conversation. We'd worked together in various forms previously, had a conversation on a roadside service station cafe with the worst coffee in the world and decided, um, I, I think Warwick came to that meeting with a podcast pitch, really wanted to join me on the podcast. Of course I said yes, how could I say no? And it's just grown from there. From there grew the business as well. So it very much forms the basis of what we do here at Tradies and Business. But it's been an interesting journey. I remember absolutely crapping myself the very first episode that we did. I was so terrified and now it's just like second nature. It's so comfortable. What came first, the podcast or the business? Are you saying the podcast came first? Yeah, it did. So we started with the podcast, didn't we? We had the idea. It was all done on the same day. So Warwick had been running the podcast with his previous co-host for three odd years before that. Um, And so, you know, that meeting came lots of ideas, a few tears even, and uh, the business was born from there with the promise that we would, pardon me, start working on the podcast together straight away. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was like I'll go into business with you, but only if you if you're going to be my co-host because I suck at podcasting solo. <laughs> so, had either of you had kind of much experience behind a microphone before or anything like that? I mean, you clearly have the gift of the gab. <laughs> well, that was my only experience when I started the podcast. I used to actually have a script, like I guess many podcasters. Uh, and the first episodes, I can't even listen to them anymore. They just they make me cringe. I need to drink half a bottle of whiskey to go and listen to the back catalogue. Uh, but no, I'd, I'd done zero with a microphone. It's all self-taught. I went and bought a mixing desk, figured out how to use the tech, read lots of reviews. Um, Pat Flynn was doing a lot of stuff around podcasting back then and, and the how-tos. So watched heaps of YouTube videos. Um, had been listening to a bunch of podcasts, a uh, bit of podcasting royalty, I guess. Timbo Reed um, from Small Business Big Marketing was one of my favourite shows back then that I was listening to. And uh, I think the thing that really kicked it off for me was I actually got a shout out on his show because I sent in a message, as uh, some listeners do, uh, and sent some feedback in, and it got read out on Tim Reed's show. And I heard my name, Wazza, and I hate being called Wazza, but uh, he read out my comments on his podcast. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm on someone's podcast. So, uh, yeah, I did a bit of a fanboy moment and then thought, well, I'll start my own because I've never had any fans and I still don't. <laughs> No, they're all here for me, not for you. (laughs) That's why I needed a co-host. I had had, um, I guess my only real experience was high school musicals. Does that count? Yeah, it's performance. I think so. Yeah. That was about it, really. Um, And it was a baptism of fire. It was really (laughs) terrifying. It was all in Warwick's office in Toowoomba. Um, And it was, we didn't have a script, did we? We just really, you threw me in the deep end big time, tied my hands behind my back, and I had to figure out how to swim. But we had a, it was a lot of fun. We had some great guests in that first sort of three months that really helped me find my feet. Yeah. And I think once you find your confidence and your voice, it's it's not as hard as maybe we assume it is before we begin. Right. And so that was a sort of aha moment for you when you got a bit of confidence in your voice. Yeah, I think it was understanding that I knew what I thought I knew. So I guess the topic can be um, difficult, particularly as a woman in, a, in the trades. It's hard. Uh, so I guess I didn't have a lot of confidence in what I thought I could bring to the table around that area. So finding my feet meant that I felt far more comfortable and being able to then 
unlock some of those answers that you're looking for in your podcast guests because it's often with the guests it's what they're talking about with you that really connects with our listeners um, and then it probably took honestly another three months after that to really get comfortable with doing episodes just Warwick and I and then sharing a lot more about myself that took quite a while to get find my feet I guess in that but yeah once you do once you it's just, I guess, an understanding of where your listener is coming from and when you can figure out what it is that they're trying to get from your podcast, suddenly it just unlocks all of that, I guess, critical thinking so that you can talk to those points that they're looking for you to answer. And you guys aim to give them that sort of off-the-tools education and, and learning and insights uh, around what they need to be doing when they're not actually working on site or doing whatever the trade is. How has the show kind of evolved in that way since you've started? I mean, you've, you're both from Trady Blood, I've heard you say from time to time. Um, what sort of learnings we – and did you find that that enabled you to, to relate to people a bit more and, and come in not so much as an outsider but really – what's the word I'm looking for? Pedigree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably more of a barnyard mutt, but uh, <laughs> it is important to have that cred to come in and say, I was either, I used to be a tradie and now I'm a successful business coach or something like that. Um, mine is obviously, as I said, a little different to that. I, I never actually went on the tools, although I actually wanted to. I was desperate to be a tradesperson and um, family steered me away from that and into university and, and business. Uh and so I've sort of combined that family background, come from a long line of blue-collar um, family members with the the formal education and the experience in business and finance and that sort of stuff. So I think that is a big part of it is, is having that cred. But, you know, how's it evolved over time? I think a lot of it is just through uh, getting feedback from our listeners and understanding our listeners more deeply so that when Nick and I are actually interviewing somebody, whether the guest is talking about SEO or you know, mindset or relationship skills or whatever it might be, <laughs> cash flow, heaven forbid, uh, boring topic to, to go through. I mean, we've even had people talk about insurance on the show. That's how riveting it gets. But uh, you know, when, when we have a guest like that, we're sitting almost in someone else's persona thinking, well, what would a builder and his wife want to know about? Or, you know, a, a, a female plumber, what, what would she want to know from this person? And so it's crafting those questions on the fly uh, to really dig that gold out of our guests and, and deliver that to our listeners and trying to do the same when it is just Nick and I. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, you act as that conduit for the listener. What can you tell us about your audience? I mean, I almost felt uh, there's a lot more to the podcast than the name suggests. It says tradies in business, but it really is a sort of business mentoring podcast. Yes. Is your audience tradies or is it also expanded out to other small businesses? It really has expanded. So it started very much, I think, as a, a firm tradie base. And over time, what we're finding really interestingly is a lot of tradies find it and nudge their wife and or their partner and say, hey, check this out. Because obviously business knowledge and business mentoring and understanding transcends many business types. It's really not... Um, it's tradie specific it's all business type so what we're finding now is we have a lot of partners with their own sort of side hustles or their own little businesses are also learning from our podcast as well predominantly still we're very tradie based we do talk in that tone as well we've we're very um i wouldn't say we're ocker but we're quite casual we have a lot of fun we talk a lot of crap 
Um, so we've really designed it around our audience so they, you know, they, they can take those key learnings away, understanding that they're listening to a couple of people in business that are in similar positions than they've been in as well. I think, you know, that's a big part, that connection with them. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's interesting how it's changing over time. Um, still very much a male listenership, I think, for the most part. Most of our listeners are male, the best that we can gather. Um, but we do have plenty of the wives also find us and, again, do the nudge. You've got to check this out. Have a listen to these guys. <laughs> Prescribe yeah. it to their husbands. Uh, it's yeah. like, hey, you need this. <laughs> Get around this, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah. it seems like it is one of those industries, I mean, you know, not to just completely be reductive, but you can, you know, you go and hammer and you're into it. Right. Yep. Go Let's, on, hammer and tong. Yeah. <laughs> but this is really making sure that people are uh, thinking about all of that sort of stuff, you know, once they're off the site. And I think that must be just so useful because so many of those kind of businesses, I know, you know, my uncle, for instance, he's a, he's a structural engineer, but he's been around for ages and he's just mm. operates and does all his marketing through word of mouth. And he's been working with the same clients mm. for the past 50 years or whatever. And he's, he, you know, has email, but I mean, that's kind of the extent of it. And there's just so much stuff outside that they can learn and really help to promote their business and get, you know, hopefully a lot more value out of it. Mm, you're absolutely right. Um, unfortunately, I guess like any trade, whether it's tradies, what we know to be tradies or other trades, hairdressers, I guess most professionals, we're not taught how to run a business. We're only taught how to do the thing we're good at. And so having the opportunity to understand a couple of things a, there's a different way. You don't have to keep doing it the way you thought you were supposed to do it. And B, you're not alone. There's a whole community of other people out there in the same position in business that you're currently in or you have been in before. Um, I guess is the real aha moment for many of our listeners. You know, they really take that community sense out of it. How does your audience interact with you? You've got a different situation from most podcasts where you can actually, you're running courses uh, and the podcast is feeding into your business. How do they react, interact with you? Is it also via the traditional like Instagram and emails and things like that? How are you getting this feedback? It, it is, uh, you know, the podcast sort of gets the the brain ticking over and they're thinking, oh, you know, I could, I could try that. And in fact, we have listeners who have become clients over the years that have said, you know what, I started my business by listening to your podcast and they've literally implemented all the things that we've shared. So, I mean, there's, there is enough content within the podcast itself because there's, you know, probably over 500 hours of, of content there. Some of it's even good uh, that people could take and implement um, into their business live. Uh, so, as far as the pathway goes, you know, they're probably listening to these things and thinking, that sounds really good, but I don't know how to execute that in my business or I don't know where to start or where that fits or if that's more important than something else. And so generally they'll do what most of us do is, you know, we go to the, the worldwide interweb and we try and find out more information about who we're listening to. Um, website, uh, a lot via social media, as you say. I think, uh, you know, Facebook's probably where there's more conversations can happen. Instagram, certainly in my experience, is a bit more voyeuristic uh, mm. where people tend to watch more stuff. And you have quite an active Facebook community, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we kicked off the group um, probably around the same time that Nick and I started uh, the podcast or started podcasting together. And uh, so there's, you know, I think approaching 2,500 um, people, businesses in there that are all chatting about 
what they're doing and, and you know, what's working, what's not working, swapping information. We're obviously checking in there and, and trying to build relationships with people. So from there, you know, usually they'll reach out to some of our other um, traditional digital marketing. It's not really traditional marketing, is it? We're not sending brochures out to people anymore. Maybe we should try that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. So there's quite a wide-ranging bunch of topics that you guys cover across the podcast and, and on your site as well and, and on the Facebook group. How do you go about choosing those and do you rely on the audience uh, quite a bit to provide some of those topics and insights about what they'd like to hear more about? Great question. So a lot of it does come from feedback or what we notice is the topic of conversation. So when you start looking in the groups or you start getting that feedback from the community, they tend to be asking the same sort of questions at similar times. So obviously during COVID times, there was lots of requests for information on, well, how do we keep going? What do we do about letting people know that we can't work? How do we move from point A to point B? So that gave us plenty of topics to cover. But then we also hear, we do a lot around mental health because it's a big motivator for Warwick and I. So we hear, you know, you get that market feedback, I suppose, when you're looking for it as well. So that drives a lot of the conversation. Then a lot of it just comes in the 10 second preparation we do before we actually turn on the mics and give it a crack. We pick a topic and give it a go. Again, I do think very much that comes back to something we've seen or heard from a client or something on the group um, during the week Mm. before, I suppose. I think Mm. the mental health one is something that I I sort of zoned in on before when I was listening to a few. And and you were interviewing, and I've I've just gone blank on the name, uh, but someone who'd started a charity after their brother sadly committed suicide and i think Mm -hmm. i did notice that you guys mentioned that you both have you know some degree of qualification in talking about those sorts of things and this is an avenue Mm -hmm. for people to reach out if they need to i mean is that kind of is that subject matter talked about you know much enough at all i think there's a lot of lip service paid to the topic and i guess it's it's easy for us to fall into that same uh mode or or perhaps be tarred with the same brush where you know we talk about it because you kind of have to you got to be socially responsible and all that sort of stuff i think the difference is for us again it comes down to that personal credibility i think uh without wanting to sound like you know i'm up myself and and blowing smoke up my own tailpipe is uh nick and i have actually lived all the stuff we talk about you know i've had my own personal experience with suicide um very close to me uh and i know nick has as well so you know we can we can speak from uh first-hand experience second-hand experience there and i think that brings an element of credibility that I don't know. I think we've earned the right to at least talk about it. Um, I don't think it's talked about enough by people who have had experience in it. I think, you know, yes, we need professionals and we need those conversations happening broadly. And I feel like more people like us um, have an opportunity to make more of an impact by sharing their stories and actually being more, being willing to actually embrace the fact that they've had that experience and just talk about it, you know, share their story and, and their insights and their opinions. You know, we've made it not okay to have opinions these days. It's, it's crazy. Uh, you know, having an opinion can be a healthy thing. It doesn't have to be something that gets you kicked off social media. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, more is better. And I also think that uh, more um, uh, ground-level support, not in crisis services, there's, there's a fair bit of that, but I think ground-level support for the prevention side of things stopping people from getting so stressed and overwhelmed and burned out and lost and broke that they actually end up at that place that we describe as mental health i mean there's things causing mental health and it's not necessarily 5g towers (laughs) (laughs) 
No, but you're right. I mean, just having an opinion and starting discussions is so important. And if you're in a position mm. that you both are to speak on it in a qualified way, I mean, you should be doing it. And it's fantastic what you're doing. Mm. So, Thank you. I, and that kind of lends itself to some of the formatting choices that you've taken with the show as well. I mean, the a few of the Fuck It Fridays that I've listened to seem to be great. It's just kind of like, you know, dropping all the other conversation that's happening around, just shooting the shit a bit more. Do you want to tell us a bit about... <laughs> That particular shot, that particular format. That was, I, still get, uh, I still get like the hair stand up on the back of my neck when we swear on the podcast because it still seems like the absolute wrong thing to do. And yet it's the, the episodes we get the most feedback about, but isn't it? But it works, yeah. I think uh, it, the motivation was really we were frustrated on a Friday about something we'd seen <laughs> it was in my the kitchen industry. table. I remember it clearly. Yeah, me too. We were really frustrated and we just thought, fuck it, let's talk about it. Let's do what so many aren't doing, have some of those bigger conversations, be willing to go there. So showing a bit of courage around some of those issues. They've turned into a bit of fun. We do enjoy them. Um, it's a good way for us to let off steam as well. Um, but for the most part, it's calling out some of the poor behaviour we see. You know, tradies, I've just witnessed a thread today on Facebook where something terrible has happened in the building industry and the immediate blame goes to the tradies. We're not thinking about some of the external circumstances that could make that happen. So they're the kind of things that we like to pull apart and just call bullshit on and have a frank chat about, at least from our point of view, um, in a lighthearted way at the very least. Sometimes we might get a little bit ranty, but we try to pull it back <laughs> and make it a little bit fun. You can go full Karen. Coffee. Just a bit. <laughs> yeah. Just a bit. But people like to hear that personal side from you. I listened to one this morning and I just just scrolled through the feed and ended up uh, 18 months ago and it's basically, basically the two of you talking about holidays and travel. And it really didn't relate to business in, in uh, specific ways, but if people are engaged with the audience, I think people really like to hear that side of your lives and your yeah. opinions on things. And, and then it does actually tie back to have, how do you have a holiday? What do you do? What are you looking yeah. for in your holidays? Um, you've got all these different formats. How often, I mean, do you set out to sort of publish in a certain number, in a certain way, or what are you trying to actually aim for? The foundation of the podcast or the show i don't know everything used to be called a show years ago we were discussing this on an episode recently uh for seven years you know it used to be a a different name i'll say what it was it was the tradies business show and um it just sounded a bit it sounded a bit wanky actually to be honest <laughs> um <laughs> to call it a show like there was no cabaret dancers uh, <laughs> no one wearing burlesque or anything it was, it was a bit bit over the top so well, if they couldn't um, see it behind the podcast no video <laughs> <laughs> that's why we never had a youtube channel uh but um the mainstay was always our, our tuesday episode which was either a guest um on a on a particular topic that we thought was relevant or valuable or it was nick and i actually unpacking something about how to get your team to work more effectively or how to be a better leader or how to how to work with your spouse or something it's a lot of how-tos so those tuesday episodes are sort of they're the they're what i would call i guess the more boring ones the more the more practical episodes uh, and then the as as we said the fuck it Fridays came in just so that Nick and I could actually indulge ourselves and have a bit of a rant online and um, put it out to the universe. Uh, and then certainly when COVID hit, we actually made a decision that uh, we had an opportunity to support people, even though it's a one way broadcast medium. We had an opportunity that we felt to really support our listeners by giving them something each day to, I guess, not look forward to. That probably sounds a little bit, a little bit macabre, but you know, give them something like give them a bit of a poke in the brain or a bit of a pep up or 
also to let them know that everyone else was was feeling overwhelmed and lost mm. and and uh, we had some amazing feedback from people telling us that they actually looked forward every day to hearing our episode drop because it was the one thing that they actually had to look forward to when everything else felt like it was turning to shit. So, yeah, yeah, right. So like a um, touch point for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So uh, that was a lot of freaking work to release every like seven days a week. We did that, I think, for about two or three months solid. Mm. Uh, we had another chop at it with another a lockdown recently, and I think we lasted about a week and a half. And that was yeah. really <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> it's exhausting podcasting every day and coming up with a new topic. And then obviously, you guys understand the work that goes behind the post production, getting it up on where it, in the hosting where it needs to go, writing the little posts. It's yep. it's a lot to do. So it just it became far far too hard. But we do enjoy having the variety of the way we can bring the podcast to our listeners. Mm. Um, the feedback has certainly been that they enjoy that variety as well. And how about with the various people that you're interviewing? I mean, have you found that you've had to do a bit of a mix of going out and recruiting them based on a topic that you're interested in and also having people naturally come to you being fans of the show? Yeah, very much. We get a lot of pitches. We're probably pitched two to three times a week um, because we have a really interesting market and there are a lot of services that would like to um, obviously get access and bring some of their learnings to that market mm. and then for us yeah it, it's we've we've probably not done a great job just yet pitching to people that we would like to come on the show we tend to work around making great connections with people and working from there but there are plenty of others that are on the big ticket list for next year that we'll be hunting down feverishly to bring on to the show. I fanboyed on a couple of people, but they didn't reply to my Instagram message, so I went and <laughs> I drank a few beers and got really sad. <laughs> and then messaged them so again. Rejected. Why haven't you answered me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that your interview technique has changed a bit over time as you've, as you've gone through more? Absolutely. I know, certainly. I, well, actually, I can say for the two of us, since we've started working together, it's become very much about creating that connection with the guest because in that connection, we get to where their story's at and their story is normally what has motivated them to do the thing that they're doing. So whether it's to create the business that they've created that can help tradies or whether it's to start the charity or to bring their story to the show so that others can get an understanding that they're not alone. So that connection, I feel, is really integral for starting to get that information coming from them. It can be hard and daunting and many of our guests have never been on a podcast before so it can be quite daunting for them to actually expose themselves um and that comes very much back to the connection making sure that we've created the connection in the early part of the episode and some of the stuff that we do beforehand um, making sure they're comfortable there as well so that they can come the best they can some of them are just so nervous and others are old pros of course and it doesn't take quite as much to pull that connection tight so you can get some of that information but still surprises me you know you can get the most polished guest on the show and if you can land that one question that throws them off kilter a little bit, how much more you can bring out of them mm. for our listeners, it's incredible. Sometimes yes. I think it's about actually knocking people off their script so that you get better content uh, mm. and more authentic content because a lot of those more experienced guests, 
they have a particular bunch of questions. Sometimes they even pre-submit. It's like, these are the questions I want you to ask me. And I read those questions and me being me, I go, well, I'm going to avoid asking you any of those because I don't like to be told what to do with my own podcast. <laughs> <Love> so, <it. laughs> yeah. so I play the game, I guess, because, you know, they've agreed to an interview and, and there's no, no money changing hands in most cases, sometimes alcohol. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's about... Um, getting what's real and probably my favourite episode that we, we do is our real tradie stories so when we mm. actually interview everyday tradies, tradie wives um, employees, whoever it is but just getting them to share their story uh, and, and they get fantastic feedback from our listeners mm. I love that approach, I mean if you're getting someone to talk about their wares they usually, I mean if you just want them to do their pitch we'll upload a PowerPoint to your web- their website and just go watch that <laughs> So, Pay to be a sponsor. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So on that, you don't have a traditional model where you're, I guess, trying to make money out of, with your podcast out of advertising. We've spoken to one other person last year, Denim, uh, Denim Kemp, who does Bloke in the Bar podcast, and his podcast is all about creating community and a brand around his beer. Mm. I mean, I guess you're doing a similar thing. How has this helped your business understanding that it's a branding exercise, it's a community thing, it's a connection thing, it's also displaying your... Uh, I guess your wares as intelligent people do mentor the people about their business. How how has the podcast Im- impacted? I guess. Firstly, I've got to correct you. I'm not sure whether we're intelligent or not. We certainly have a lot of fun. <laughs> you stole my joke, Coxie. <laughs> I know. I stole my material. Come on. I have to find a new co-host. Oh, that's okay. Good luck. Actually, I'm surprised <laughs> you have to find a new co-host. It's half yours now, anyway. Look, I think what the podcast does and has done is show that we are um, happy to share everything we know in a medium where you can access it for free. And I mean, we, we literally don't hold back in our episodes with what we share either personally or in terms of what you could implement in your business or your, or your personal life or whatever. It's all there. But then that's the same with Google. You know, you don't need a business consultant. You don't need to go and do a business course because everything's on the internet, right? Now, the problem is people just don't know how to put that together in, a, in a, an order or a structure that's actually going to get them the results. So I think for us, a big part of the podcast is, hey, here's all our stuff, um, go check it out. It costs you nothing. And if people want to take the time to listen to it and, and sort of listen through my shitty jokes, they can actually get a whole lot of value out of it. And so that then really, I think, um, endears us to people who are like, well, shit, if that's what they're going to give away for free, what are they going to do if we actually pay them for their advice or their, their mentoring? And, you know, we, we didn't come up with that theory. That's old school content marketing, I suppose, which is where the podcast started it was meant to be a content marketing um machine is probably a bit of a stretch uh but it was it was about well here's some free stuff you know here's what i've learned here's what coxie's learned over the years here's some stuff that we've helped some other people with if that resonates with you come have a yarn to us and that's really the that's the the whole premise behind all of our content really and especially the podcast it does such a great job of personifying your services as well because you can look at the website and go, okay, I kind of get what that is. But just listen to three or four episodes of what you guys are doing. It's like, oh, shit, I get what this is going to be like and I like how these guys talk. And mm. I see what – it's a really good way to express your value proposition. Mm. Yeah, yep. 
It's probably the worst business tool we have up our sleeve. (laughs) Got the longest incubation period in the world. And that's okay because our driver is helping as many trade business owners as we can. So if we can do that in a free way, that works for me. It helps us keep, it drives us, I suppose, to keep going for those Mm. clients that we do eventually get to work with. And you're back out on the road now. You're doing a few events in in person. You said you've just come back from Queensland yourself, Was? Yes, yes. I made the uh, the trek north into what appeared to be summer in Brisbane, uh, despite the fact that for the few days I was in Brisbane, it actually snowed in Tasmania where I live. So uh, that was weird. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're we're um, looking forward to some changes to <laughs> the rules of life here in Australia. And, uh, yeah, getting the opportunity to just get in front of people again and, and I suppose connect with some of the people that perhaps have been listening to us over the years in some cases um, or even more recently and actually just uh, you can't replace that um, being in the same room energy, I think, of actually speaking to either an audience or a small group of people or one-on-one, you know, talking over Zoom or, or listening to someone on a podcast is one thing, but to speak to them in person I think just brings a whole deeper level of, of human understanding and as we, we have all seen as, as content creators um, and broadcasters that there's been some big challenges for people uh, having that opportunity taken away from them. And so you are up in, in let's call it Coxie country for that one. You don't actually live in the same area so you're doing this all remote as well. So I mean how does that affect you know, your chemistry when you finally get to see each other and after all this time? It's really weird. We were <laughs> laughing about this yesterday. We, we spent so much time working together in the first instance before Warwick moved to Tassie. We'd regularly trek every Friday, either up to Toowoomba or down to Coxie country. And then he suddenly had to go in the middle of a pandemic, which probably meant we couldn't have seen each other much anyway because we were outside of all of the bubbles. Um, and so we've got great com- chemistry online and we get together and it's a bit like, oh, That's we're weird. like... <laughs> Two giraffes or praying mantises not quite connecting. It's very strange. Um, it's been incredible, actually, to think that it could make it a little bit stilted, but it doesn't take long and, and that energy starts to flow again. But I certainly feel safer in my office here where I can just see him on the screen and sledge from a distance. <laughs> you don't have to smell my farts or anything. <laughs> in the small birth, it can be quite treacherous. <laughs> <laughs> So you've given us quite a few gems here and, and the last, of course, being how to avoid flatulence. But could you give any other <laughs> advice to people looking to start a podcast or trying to kind of go down a similar path to you? Just do yeah. it. I, I think more than anything, COVID has meant that everybody understands they have an opportunity to give it a crack. And pushing through that awkwardness, I guess, in the beginning is, you know, trusting yourself, trusting what you do know, trusting the people that you go out and seek to be on the show. Um, I think that you've just got to give it a crack. Yeah, and I would say um, don't overthink it. I know I did when uh, when this podcast started. There was way too much thinking and structure and everything, trying to craft episodes, and I feel like part of our success, and for many podcasts that I actually enjoy as well, although there's an intent behind the content, uh, you know, the, the show has a particular theme or a message or, or a topic that they're trying to deal with. I think around that, to over-engineer it, really detracts from the value of the of the content. I think more and more people want real stuff. They don't want fake shit. And so to literally just 
you know, turn on your phone and record some stuff, uh, I think is, is good enough to launch a podcast. And then I'll contradict myself and say, please don't do shit audio. Like, can you just get like microphones are cheap. Uh, you can plug it into your iPhone or your Android or whatever, but please make good audio because it makes average content easy to listen to and then mm-hmm. you know you can stick with it so you don't have to spend a gazillion bucks like i did when i started i've still got the, the mixing desk the four channel mixing desk and i don't know what to do with it because no one uses them except for musos <laughs> uh, and i can't even sell it on marketplace but uh but yeah you know get reasonable gear do good audio and authentic content and i reckon if you stay on your on your topic which i don't usually do you could launch a great show yeah, agree. I was listening to Nick Kyrgios' new podcast last night. The audio was unlistenable. I thought, come on, man. You've got, a, you've got the money. You've got the means. Just <laughs> yeah, sort this just, out. Amazon doesn't take that long to ship these days. Exactly. <laughs> We'd like to finish up on getting a couple podcast recommendations from the two of you. What are you Look listening to? I am a, a massive junkie of true crime. It is my favorite genre to listen to which is so different than what we do here at Traders and Business. But I'm case file for me, every single episode, sometimes twice, love the content, love how it's evolved over time as well. Um, it's very much a big production show now where I'm sure it started with just single guy in his anonymous. bedroom. Yeah, very, still very much anonymous. Um, it's really changed over time. I thoroughly enjoy the storytelling aspect to it, which is really different than what we do. Um, so, yeah, that's my absolute pick. Wow, this is going to be tough. I am I'm a bit of a health geek, uh, and so I actually love listening to Fundamental Health um, with Dr. Paul Saladino from the US. There is nothing spectacular about the, the um, production itself, but the content is deep dive health and nutrition geek out. Uh, so that's, that's one of my longest listen shows. And then I've done a fair bit of the Jocko podcast because I like a bit of extreme ownership. So I've um, I've struggled through a few of Jocko's longer episodes <laughs> over the years. Uh, but yeah, that that's a bit of a cracker for me as well. That tends toward motivation as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it is yeah. very much about um, performing at a level and being the best version of oneself that one can be, and how to you know perform a pincer move on Napoleon's army, like you know. <laughs> What more could you want? Beautiful. Well, thank you for joining us today, uh, Coxie and Woz, and imparting all of your wisdom. And, and look, if you want more of it, there's a whole lot more on the show as well. So we would uh, encourage everyone to get over and have a listen. Yeah, and it's really snackable as well. Um, very easy to get around. Awesome. Thanks, gents. Really enjoyed Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the accolade. <laughs>